Здравствуйте! It's the Something Something Experience podcast episode 37. I'm Michael John Simpson. With me, as always, is the purple-headed pugnacious princess of passion, Imperator Kitty Brown. This week, our guest is professional dominatrix, sex educator, and drag king Anastasia Krylov. We had a great chat about drag king floor shows, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Mad Max Fury Road, feminism, Star Trek, Happy Jumpsuit Future versus Grim Meat Hook Reality Future, human trafficking, Star Wars, The Legend of Korra, Entourage, Getting Out of Speeding Tickets, the upcoming anime night at Club Pangea, Teen LGBTQ Allies, the Effective Technology on Social Progress, MRAs, Spears, and Water Conservation. You will ride eternal, shiny and chrome. Here's episode 37 of the Something Something Experience. Yeah. Well, that's what credit cards are for. Exactly. Yeah, let me the emergency. Scoot this out. Alright, is this the setup? We talking yeah, yeah. to yeah. thing? And the little this guy here. Okay. The yeah. little, uh, so there's no video component? Nope. Nope. It's all cool. just uh, just audio. <laughs> Even though your hair is like on point. I know, right? <laughs> we, will, we will take a picture uh, and to put up on the uh, on I the feel blog. like we should take a picture just because we're all wearing awesome yeah, shirts. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll go out in the so sun or, or <laughs> by a window or something where we get good light. and get The sun? Oh, all right. I know. <laughs> Goth queen to the right? end. <laughs> no evil star for us. Mm-hmm. It burns. So... <laughs> yeah. So tell us about yourself yes, on the stage. Please eh? do. Um, is this thing okay? We're already. Oh yeah, we're. Yeah. Okay. Um. No pomp, no circumstance. All chit and all. All chat. pomp. All pomp. <laughs> all right. Time. Um. All right. So. Uh, blah, blah. Um. Well, I'm a pro dom. Awesome. Um. Mm-hmm. And I like nerdy shit. I'm cool. a physics major. I'm, I'm digging the uh, the boomstick shirt there. Yeah. The boomstick shirt. Yeah. Thank you. My yeah. girlfriend gave it to me, so awesome. I decided to awesome. to make it a little bit more zombified. Yes. Mm-hmm. Make yes. it look a little bit more like I've been attacked by hordes of the undead. Yeah. So did you do snips <laughs> at it one at a time, or, what, or, or did yeah, you uh, yeah, kind of do the, the, the paper doll thing with the there was a lot of sitting and a lot of like making little fabric little confetti. <laughs> you just end up with it. You're like, oh, cool. cool. And you have um, a lot of look, what looks to be a lot of self-made jewelry and stuff. They uh, kind of appropriated pieces and yeah. I mean, there's like a USB. Tell us about your USB earrings because those are rad. Yeah, there's um, two of those. Well, most they have. Um, yeah, there's there's two of them. I actually I had a 64 gig one that I can't find. Are they actually right live now. that can be used? Oh yeah, no, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they are used. I use them for. Um, so I run a. I, <laughs> Uh, about myself. I run a, uh, a queer dungeon party and awesome. drag show. Cool. Um, and these are really, really, for, like, production, these mm-hmm. are just invaluable because I can put all my music on them. I can put, like, like uh, backdrops if we want to project nice. on things. So mm-hmm. I've got, um, you know, aside from, like, schoolwork and pornography, like, I have... <laughs> the important things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the important Press yeah. releases, like... Well, that's yeah. great. And and it makes fabulous jewelry, too, so yeah. that's cool. Yeah, the um, conversation. When Kitty uh, mentioned your name, uh, I, I cyber-stalked you a little bit, looked at your stuff on Facebook, and there's a oh, lot excellent. of great stuff on there, so... Mm-hmm. Oh, is there? Yeah. <laughs> Mostly there's angry yelling. Yeah. <laughs> no, but there were, looked like a lot of stuff from shows and, you know, lots of... Uh, kind of burlesque looking stuff and and yeah that's cool yeah. it's really cool yeah tell us okay. about Pangea because it's my understanding that it's the only drag king show in Ooh, LA yeah. um it 
was when we started, as far as I knew, but it actually no longer... Um, I mean, there are other drag kings in L.A., and there mm-hmm. are other um, drag shows in L.A., uh, so the most well-known one is Landon Sider, um, mm-hmm. who's who's very handsome and looks like Johnny Depp and <laughs> puts on wonderful, <laughs> fantastic shows. Um, and then there's the um, there's the Beauty Kings, and mm-hmm. they're they're more Long Beach performing, as far as I know, but they're also like in LA. Cool. Um, but we have a, what we have is a queer cabaret that takes place inside of the largest dungeon west of the Mississippi. Nice. Mm. Um, and that's pretty rad. So we have, uh, our actual show is, uh, if, if you're, if you've, if, if you're a Rocky Horror person, um, uh, our actual show is basically just, uh, a bunch of pre-shows stapled together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and yeah, and it's just, um, it's, yeah, it's a fun little cabaret thing and it's very silly and we run around in our skivvies and awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I I did Rocky Horror for many, many years as a teenager. Um, there's photographic evidence for this. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. When I was uh, 17, I was playing Frankenfurter, and uh, Rocky changed my whole perspective because I grew up in Colorado as a as a cis straight white male, you know, uh, suburban kid, and uh, and you know was subjected to all the fag jokes and all of this and all of that. And then I went to mm-hmm. Rocky Horror, and just and just this light went off, and it was just like, oh. Just like everybody else, everybody's just like everybody else. Everybody has the same hopes and dreams and lusts and likes, and it's just like, oh, okay, I get it. I, 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 you know, that was my, as Obi Wan Kenobi would say, "You have just taken your first step into a larger world." Um, that was my intro. Yeah, Rocky's great like that. I mean, lucky you that you got to be a part of it at oh, 17. Yeah. I had to, I mean, I started going when I was 15. And, <laughs> <laughs> but like the day I turned 18, I called up my cast leader like, I'm 18 now, can I do the thing? <laughs> uh, but it, you know, you mentioned like all the fag jokes and stuff. Like, you know, it's 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 so funny because I, uh, you know, I remember going to the shows and, and having, uh, you know, the, the MC run up on stage and be like, well, you know, some of, some of you straight guys might call me a faggot for running around in mm-hmm. stockings and a corset, but... Do you know how much more I get laid than you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, I got, I got, I got mad. I got mad attention being, being, you know, Frank. There's nothing like walking out on, and I'm sure because of the shows and stuff that you do. You know full well there's nothing like walking out onto in front of a large crowd of people, knowing and you can feel the heat of everyone's gaze right on your junk. It's a, <laughs> it's astounding. It's just oh, it's so good. Yeah. Well, confidence is always the sexiest yeah, thing you can yeah. wear. Like and no matter what. Who's more confident than Frank and Furter? I mean, For real. Seriously. <laughs> seriously. Do I detect a little bit of an accent? Um. Maybe, possibly. I don't know. I feel like it's just a funny way of speaking at this point. But okay. I did. I was born. Um, I'm not from this country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was born in Russia, uh-huh. um, and I was. But I've I've been in LA since I was seven, nine. Since I was nine, okay. I've been in LA. Right. Um, so at yeah, I've been. I've sorry. Is I've I've been coming to terms with my identity as like someone from Los Angeles mm-hmm. because I, that's not that's not how I thought of myself growing up. I thought of myself growing up as like from Russia or okay. later from Israel. Um, but now I'm sort of like you know. But I spent most of my formative years here, and so now I'm sort of like coming in terms with the fact that like. I probably wouldn't be a dominatrix drag king mm. if I wasn't for Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> so, здравствуйте, как дела? Ah, хорошо. 
очень хорошо. Да. А у вас? Uh, я не знаю. Водка? Окей. Oh, the story is a little lacking, but if you play video games or if you're into like, 
you know, any sort of action films. Like, you get the, the story. Thing that, the thing that kind of kind of struck me as odd, though, is her, her perspective on this, because she comes from very visual mediums. She right. uses She uses comic books... To, to tell story to to teach writing and to uh, you know and she is an action movie fan and a sci-fi mm-hmm. fan and and so but for her this movie kind of fell short and I think also even on some of the feminist aspects this movie kind of fell short she found that the brides were not flushed out enough and mm-hmm. and, and um, uh, there were some things lacking I think in terms of feminism though that this was a very very good big good step in the right yes, direction yes. was it Absolutely. the absolute perfect you know all way around it completely 3D f- fleshed out blah 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 no but this was a welcome change yeah yeah I mean at the very used, least a welcome change <laughs> could have used more brown people could have used more mm-hmm. fleshing out of the bride yeah I mean with the brides uh, one of the things that sort of struck me about the brides is that uh, you know they stay in that white in those white mm-hmm. garments mm-hmm. yeah and that makes them very visually symbolic of yeah. like like purity, purity and culture yeah. yeah all of that yeah, and that was kind of, like, on one hand, I was like, well, I don't know, like, mm-hmm. couldn't have grabbed a pair of pants on the way out? But, like, <laughs> I'm not going to throw this entire movie under right. the bus because, like, the escaped sex slaves escaped in what the fuck they were wearing at right, the time. Right, yeah, right, right, yeah. Right. And, I mean, for a storytelling um, purposes, it makes sense, you know? Like, you always see in action movies women who are, like, perfectly shaved and, like, they have their hair done and their teeth are white. And, like, the brides still looked like supermodels, but it made sense now. Narratively, because they were kept as like these pampered they house were pets. Kept women. Yeah, and when you see like the Vuvulini and the girl gang, they're all you know like tough Rough as fucking and tumble, nails. Leather yeah. jackets, leather pants, all wearing pants except yeah. for the one who was the the bait girl. Who yeah, was up, and then up, she yeah. comes down and she puts and on some like post-apocalyptic on, clothes too. Right, immediately, you, you know? know, you know, covers up. Yeah, so that was a really nice change. It's like they're not just pretty like for the male gaze; no, they're, they're all pretty because of a reason. And, and, and ratty know? hair, and and you know. They look like they're surviving in right. the post-apocalyptic right. world. But the brides were pretty, and it made narrative sense for once. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I, I, you know, found interesting is the interaction between the brides and and the the Vuvulini. The Vuvulini, <laughs> right? Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I had a bowl of Vuvulini last night. <laughs> like, what? Um, I like a little Vuvulini now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Some Parmesan on top. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was was the interaction between um, between them because uh, you know I, th- I found that really interesting, especially because uh, you know um, there's there's that moment where they first meet and and there's this uh, you know there isn't this perfect femin- feminist moment where the Vuvulini embrace these yeah. women with open arms and ass- and you know grant them agency and personhood. Like one of them's like pulling open the other's yeah, mouth to like, like this one has all her teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like and it was it was kind of weird and uncomfortable, but at the same time it was it was interesting to see this like interaction between these, you know, these older women that are obviously used to being in positions of 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 power and leadership um interact with these uh with these other women that are obviously used to being treated like objects. Right, right. Um right. And and you know there was also the moment where she, uh, where one of the brides is like oh you guys kill people I thought you were better than that and like yeah they're yeah. like we have to survive like, <laughs> yeah. clearly you don't get how things work outside of you know your nice Bubble, happy right. cage right, right. <laughs> yeah and 
but you know, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it was an interesting marriage of like these ideals of like nonviolence that the mm-hmm. brides are obviously very committed to, like, right. you know, have very strong feelings about nonviolence. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sort of meeting like this this harsh, gritty reality. But then there's, you know, when uh, you know when the keeper of the seeds dies and mm-hmm. she has a spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Um, yeah, I feel like we should. Just spoiler alert this whole conversation at this yeah. point. Um, well, the, the, and, like, passes on the seeds. Like, there's that, you know, building and da-da-da, and Max leaving at the end, which mm-hmm. sort of ties into... Um, I was talking to a friend of mine about this uh, yesterday, and he was talking about how, like, Max leaving is very, like, you know, Audrey's, Aud- Audrey Lord, like, the master's tool. Mm-hmm. Tools will never dismantle the master's house. Like, Max is one of the master's tools. Like, he's, yeah. he's like, a violent dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, I'm out. Like, and at the he's end of it. always but, kind of, like, the point of view in the world. Like, he's the reluctant hero. He never goes in to try and save the day, because I know that was one of the complaints that MRAs had, that, like, Max isn't saving day. You know, and it's like he's always the reluctant hero. He's always like, I guess I'll help. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I need to do this. Yeah, I guess I'm yeah. gonna go, you know, fight in the Thunderdome. Okay. Like, <laughs> oh god damn it! Here we go again. <laughs> yeah. All right, gonna go Lock save these Lowe's. kids in the desert. Truck full of bitches. Right. <laughs> Just what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, one of my favorite scenes is him like getting collecting all the weapons in the cab of the of the war war truck you know and yeah. then holding the gun on her and just like that one that one this one behind the air over, <laughs> over here and it got kind of comical at one yeah. point you know yeah but, um, yeah no i think i think every action movie at this point is just like mandated by law to have that one like ridiculously overarmed scene right like when you mm-hmm. have to turn in your weapons and like there's the one guy who's yeah. like and there's just this yeah yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> They're just mandated by law. The other thing with the with the with the um, the the ladies out in the desert, uh, kind of inspecting the brides, that mm-hmm. kind of, it kind of reminded me of of like the 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 old timey footage of of white people going to an African village for the first time or a South American village for the first time. Oh, like we've never seen shit. blonde curly yeah. hair ever, and they're just kind of fascinated and touching the hair and kind of. It was mm-hmm. th- that kind of a moment uh, I felt like, you know, or was it was very kind of like, wow, we've never se- we haven't seen anybody who's this mm-hmm. way before. It- yeah, it was un- undamaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, one of the um, uh, speaking of speaking of the brides and being visually fascinating, one of the things I really enjoyed was uh, the the scarification mm-hmm. that uh, the the pregnant one the fucking oh um, splendid splendid yeah the, yeah the scarification on splendid i mm. thought was a really excellent touch and this this actually brings us back to evansler and 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 feminist consultant uh because you know the the it's it's really interesting to see what the movie showed us and what it didn't show us mm-hmm. yes so it neglected to show us a gratuitous rape scene yeah, yeah, thank yeah, god yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which you know, I'm really grateful for, especially because I'm I'm, I'm one of those you know I've I've got what they call a weak constitution. So like even sitting through the the evil exposition at the beginning when they're you know establishing just mm-hmm. how bad like yeah. Morton Joe is about how he kicks puppies and eats babies and yeah. milks old <laughs> you know all that um, was like that that by itself was a little bit much for me, and so uh, you know like. Yes, good on you with the not rape scene, but right. the, but the scarification um, I think was so 
like it's 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 just stuck in my head because it's so beautiful mm-hmm. and it's so artistically done. But like you know, she didn't consent to it. You yeah. know, yeah. like he sat on well, the chest like, and like right. did it's that. Like the, like it's like all the all the, all the war, all the war boys, boys yeah. The scars everywhere. Well, Nux had down. like a big scarification piece on his chest, yeah, which yeah. I think is kind of hot. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. my predilections I mean, run of, really Clearly, goth. that's part of their <laughs> their ritual. Part of their yeah. journey is yeah. is and I'm sure. I imagined that those scars were like their their tapestry, their story of, mm-hmm. of what battles they fought. Yeah, when absolutely. And all, you know, this and that. I That's... mean, you can tell Immortan Joe just like built his cult from like pieces in the cultural zeitgeist that he could grab, like Valhalla and like the sign of the V8 reminded me so much of like the sign of the cross and Catholic Church. And he's just okay. kind of like, yeah, like. Oh, what is the sign of the cross in the Catholic Church? Um, the sign it? of, well, it's like. That yeah. oh, oh, the but like they still, but like they went up to the big totem with all like their steering yeah. wheels, and they all went like oh, and like bowed yeah, their head. Yeah, it's like a V eight like, engine, so yeah. you got four and four on either side. Oh, of the V8 engine. Yeah. yeah, oh, I didn't know yeah. that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, it, it um, uh, so this is sign language for machine. Mm. Oh, oh, that's interesting too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. you can't see. So um, for the listeners um uh, it's, everybody it's, it's do the it. sign, this is the church this is the steeple so do the do the church and that's and, yeah. and kind of rub it in, up and down in front of you and that's mm-hmm. uh and that's machine it, but move it <laughs> <laughs> yeah like cogs moving so that's what that yeah means. um yeah and uh, um yeah the, oh god the world building was so spectacular you yeah. know you mentioned valhalla you know it's great that they have this like they've got the the mythology of valhalla but they never mention thor odin mm-hmm. like nothing it's just mm-hmm. a morton yeah. joe Val, like and it's great well, like that um, world building i know that they're going to be putting out a comic book that's like how immortan joe became immortan joe and like even without knowing any of his little backstory that they've released like i was able to piece together just from looking at his uniform okay this is an ex military guy mm-hmm. he still has all his medals Literally. on his little plastic thing and he's just like taken his military boot camp training like to the max thrown in pieces that he remembers from like the old culture because he's old he was around when like the world was still like a thing and you know has built this cult for himself where he has all these war boys willing to die for him you know and the fact that like George Miller can do that by showing not telling is fantastic because I can't Stand being spoon fed exposition. I just can't do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was very comic comic book like, and what you what you see tells you just as much as words do, just yes. as much as explanation does. Mm-hmm. And and I, I liked the, the the visual storytelling element of, of the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. Um, another visual that um, I was really I was really partial to was uh, the all of the war boys. Um, mm-hmm. The way that the way that they're like painted white and they hot, have skull like makeup. Hot. Oh, and they have skull, skull <laughs> scarifications. Yes. On them. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was also kind of interesting because it, it was um, such a stark visual contrast between them and the uh, you know the poor huddled masses, the dirt yeah. people. You sure, know? sure, sure. Um, and it was, you know, and it, it, it was just, like, such a small thing, but you're like, oh, like, I mean, even when they're not painted white, like, of course they'd be pale, they live underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, like, it's it's such a small thing, but I was just like, oh, I like that detail. Yeah. Right, right. Well, one huh. um, contrast that I really liked was in the fighting style between the Vuvulini and the War Boys, because the War Boys are all about, like, making a show of it and, like, eating bullets, and it doesn't matter, like you know, how efficient you are. It's just about how glorious you look and getting to Valhalla, whereas the Vuvulini are, 
like, one man, one bullet, let's get in, let's do this, you know? Isn't the shiny and chrome thing from other Mad Max things? Because I've heard shiny and chrome and Valhalla kind of thing before somewhere. Um, and I don't know where, but I, I thought maybe it was from a previous Mad I Max story. I just rewatched Road Warrior and Beyond Thunderdome. I don't remember it in Beyond Thunderdome, mm. and I can't... I can't think of it. We in just Road rewatched Warrior. them as well. I don't. Yeah. I don't, okay. I don't think so. But I've I know heard the that... shiny and chrome and the Valhalla thing before, but I hmm. don't know where. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I know that. I know that the inspiration for the chrome. Uh, Miller said that that was uh, inspired by um, some uh, indigenous uh, uh, warriors that he like. Like this indigenous culture that he came across, where the um, where the warriors would take little Buddha sculptures and like mm-hmm. hold them in their teeth when they would go into battle. Oh, okay. Ooh. Um. So apparently that was inspired by. That's this. cool. Way cool. I like the fact that a lot of um, uh, hardware places are no longer are, are like completely <laughs> out of chrome spray paint. <laughs> no long, They have little signs up taped up that says, "We will no longer sell uh, chrome spray paint to people <laughs> who look like this." And yeah. Sure the the war boys. Mm. But it, it turns out that that there's this uh, brand of like cake frosting spray. Oh, yeah. oh my god, the reviews were great. Oh yeah, it's a spray, it's a glorious yeah. spray. Yeah, yeah. Uh, damn yeah. war boys though, for real. Edible, so hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of yeah, no Nugs is mm-hmm. poor little trash. Baby. I'd tap that. <laughs> um, that that actor, um, n- n- uh, Nicholas. Something. Is that his name? He was in X Men. He was yes. He was Hank McCoy. Yes. He was Young Beast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. He's a danger and must be stopped. (laughs) (laughs) Blowing, destroying, blue-eyed son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah, No. Warm Bodies, which I haven't seen, but I hear is very good. Yeah. Warm Bodies is it's cute. It's cute. (laughs) Anyway, he's a life ruiner. Yeah. <laughs> Can come ruin my pants. Any day. <laughs> um, one of the themes that I found kind of interesting is that um, is the theme of salvation, especially when it comes to Nux's story. Mm-hmm. Um, and like at first, I was a little bit, you know, I, I came into this movie having seen all of these articles: uh, feminism, 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 <laughs> feminazis, feminism ruining men. You know, so 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 I watched the movie with a super critical eye, and every time anything happened that was like even a little bit like, ah, I was like, oh, I'm making a note of that. <laughs> um, and so one of the things that uh, you know. Uh, I, w- I was paying attention to was was Nux's uh, arc of, of of you know his soul being saved basically yeah. by these women, um, which like my first reaction to was kind of negative because you know from King Kong to like the Avengers we have this trope of like the woman saving the yeah, angry the raging man savior yeah, yeah. and. Yeah. Yeah, Ugh, right? <laughs> right? Ugh. It's not my job to civilize you. It's your job to be a base, decent human being. <laughs> um, but I feel like, you know, and, 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 but I feel like they, they managed to avoid that trope. Yeah. And sort of kudos to them because, like, there was, there was this focus on, um, you know, she didn't pull him out of his rage. No, she, no. like, found him when she was already broken and was like, yeah. 
hey, buddy, like, brought herself down to his level, like, literally, like, mm-hmm. laid down next to him. And, yeah. And was like, I'm going to treat you like a person as opposed to a cog in the war machine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to, you know, sleep with you to save you or whatever. Yes. It was just, I'm going to yes. lay down and be nice to you. I'm just going to lay down next to you and be nice to you. It's- I'm so tired of seeing that trope in movies, too. Like, let my vagina heal you. <laughs> like, done. Now, a lot of people have accused Garden State of being that. And I disagree. I don't think that... Yes, we had the the pixie salvation girl in mm-hmm. in uh, in Natalie Portman in that movie, but I don't think it was like that. I think he was obviously a good person. He was uh, broken to a degree, but not not like an angry rage monster type right. character. And I think I think that he just needed a friend, and I think mm-hmm. that's what he found first. And the other stuff kind of came of that naturally. I don't think that was the and yes, obviously she's the love interest in the movie, but I didn't see that. And maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, my perspective was was not along the lines of that trope. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we all meet people who who help us evolve. We all mm-hmm. meet people who who teach us to like ourselves, that kind of thing, right. and make it okay to be broken. Yeah. Kind of thing, and I think that's a lot more what what that that storyline was in yeah. Garden State. That's what I think. I mean, I, I don't. You know, you. Yeah. I think the interesting thing with Nux is, like, he was obviously raised in this crazy, you know, cult, like, from a war pup. You know, you see, like, the war pups there that yeah. are just kind of, oh, like... Babies. Yeah, being indoctrinated. So he's grown up, like, you know, if not his whole life, most of his life with this, you know, crazy cult. And then seeing, you know, like, his brothers, like, swept up in the tornado and seeing Immortan Joe not be able to make it through, like, that must have been so crushing. Like, his entire world is just turned to ash, you know? Like, everything he believed in well, was everything, gone. It's the, it, it is a trope of, of the, the, the righteous warrior, the warrior basically looking to die for the leader or die for the king or die. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the ultimate honor to die in service of your master. Right, like and, a kamikaze pilot. Right, exactly, exactly. Or any kind of warrior, you know, mm-hmm. a, a Buddhist warrior or anything else as well. Yeah, but it makes sense, you know, narratively again that like he's he's with the brides and you know Furiosa and Mad Max and like you know he's just had his world crushed and then they show him something different. It's like oh oh I guess I'm doing this now. This this is the thing we're doing. You know, like the, the only the one thing that there was kind of a thing on was was these boys are ill. The war boys they 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 don't live long. They're right. they're they're sickly. Yeah. He needed a Mad Max to be his quote unquote blood bag because he needed a constant infusion of, of healthy blood in order to just be able to do his job or do mm-hmm. or survive. Yeah. But if you can't stand to, up, you but, can't do war. But then <laughs> but then then he got to the point where does he not need that anymore? Is he now healthier? Is he now I mean if nothing else he's getting his yeah. vitamin D, like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I mean that you know, there there were you know, there were little things that were, mm-hmm. you know, like in every movie, there's always a couple little loop, little yeah. loopholes. Little yeah, like Max's car, which was totally destroyed in uh, Road Warrior, I think? It was destroyed in Road Warrior, but he had it in Beyond Thunderdome. Oh, okay. He rebuilt it. Wait, hang on, but doesn't, doesn't Road Warrior come after Thunderdome? No, it's a okay, Road Warrior and then Beyond Thunderdome. Beyond okay, Thunderdome. and so, oh, I see. So yeah. that was the, definitely the same car. Yeah. Okay, so just car. immortal. <laughs> well, or you can find parts and rebuild a car. I mean, that's the thing about machinery is you can kind yeah. of... Yeah, but I mean, in that in that first in the first movie, there's that line about how oh, there's the last blah, 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 whatever the hell. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So it sort of 
But um, Fury Road is supposed to take place 45 years after the apocalypse, so it's... What, <laughs> Which maybe? is why Max looks 23 in it. Yeah. <laughs> so is this a prequel to, was this a prequel to Road um, Warrior or on in, par? In all the interviews I've seen when George Miller is really pressed, he's like, it's a sequel and a reboot. So both okay. at the same time. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of fan theories going around about, you know, who the new Max is. Like, I know one of them is like, you know, this Max in Fury Road is um, not the original Max. It's the um, feral child. Or, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the feral kid with the boomerang from uh, Road Warrior. Oh. Yeah, the one about the last time I saw Max. About it, yeah, you know, he, and he, he said narrates. he became the chief of his, his people. His people. Right, right, yeah. Right. So. Huh, that's an interesting theory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, what did you guys think of the uh, of the flashbacks that were that were ha- and the hallucinations that Max? Was oh experiencing? man, I like how they set him up as like you know this feral animal at the beginning. Um, and I mean, obviously, the little girl isn't his daughter if we're going in chronology because in the first Mad Max, right. he has an infant son. Right. Yeah, you know. So I kind of want to know who those people are, like the little girl and the um, black guy, and there was like a woman, too, who were showing up in his flashbacks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, my girlfriend found it really jarring and like really annoying. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it because I I feel like, you know, it it really took it really took Mad Max from the direction of like, angry Max to Mm -hmm. like, fucking nutso Max. Like, like Max has seen some shit, he's not really, you know, he's hanging on by a thread. It's his PTSD and if you look at all four films in succession, you notice he starts losing his grip more and more and more. And then when you finally get to Fury Road, it's like full-on PTSD. He's not there anymore, you know, and it it makes narrative sense. Right. Well, yeah, in the first movie, the the, the apocalypse hasn't really happened yet. Yeah. It's it's before that. And... and Mm Just Matt. 80s punks are ruining the world. Right. <laughs> 80s punks, it's, it's more of a revenge movie. Yeah. And then, but then after that, clearly the apocalypse, 20 years down the road or whatever, and the yeah. apocalypse has happened. So even though it was only made, what, like six, four, six years later or something right, like that. Right, so. right. But again, it's like, you know, he starts off losing his family, and then he's in Road Warrior and he's seen some shit. Then he's in Beyond Thunderdome and he's really seen some shit. And by Fury Road, it's just like. He's not there. It's it's all survival and PTSD. Yeah. On the subject of things they didn't show, like even even though Max is really um, degraded mm-hmm. a lot in this film, like you know when you see him like being a blood bag and having yeah. the fucking cage on his face and all that, like that's not that's not dignified. Like poor dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, uh, they show him. They show him resisting. They show him struggling. They don't really show us him getting branded. Like, yeah, well, because um, he doesn't. He gets out of it. Well, no, he, I mean, but he does. But then they catch him eventually. Oh, right? yeah, 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 fucking, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although that, I love that scene. That when he's mm-hmm. running down the hallway and there's just like that. Mm-hmm. Tangle of skinhead yeah. limbs coming after him, just like elbows and knees. That like. was so beautifully shot, too. Yeah. Like from a cinematic perspective. And even, like we were talking about this on a previous podcast, even um, the color in the movie is so well done. It's oh, all complimentary orange and blue. Like every single scene, just gorgeous. Ugh. Like, Absolutely. And then the do warrior with the yeah. onesie. Yeah. And that was practical effects. Like, he was actually bungeed into this truck made of amps, 
playing a flaming guitar. Like, that was for real, and it was amazing. <laughs> and nothing will ever be as metal as that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was reading a, I was in, reading an interview that he did. Um, so, fun fact, um, the Doof Warrior was played by an actual Australian musician who is openly gay. Named Iota, correct? Yes. Yes. yes Iota. <laughs> I didn't know he was gay. That's awesome. He is. He's one of us. <laughs> Follower of Gabraham. Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and he's talking about how he was, like, bungeed in the fucking thing and, like, you know, 70 miles an hour blindfolded mm-hmm. and playing this guitar, who, which he said weighs, like, 130 pounds oh, or some wow. shit. Wow. Um, yeah. And it's great because in all of the interviews, they're like, so how does the guitar play? And he's like, well, it's a... It's a 130-pound flamethrower that was out in the desert for several months, so uh, it makes a noise. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Don't know if I'd call it a guitar at this point. That's so cool that he's gay. Like, I had no idea. Now all of those, like, homophobes who are into, like, hardcore metal and all that stuff, it's like, you do realize the person who has, like, set the bar for what is metal is gay, right? Like, you have, you never had a right to call anybody a fag, but now you especially have well, no right to call anyone a fag. Rob Halford, hello. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I mean, all that leather. Mm. Please. <laughs> uh, so what else are you into? <laughs> well, that's a broad question. <laughs> um... Star Trek, fuck yeah, Star Trek. Oh man, fuck yeah, um, Star Trek. Speaking, of, yeah, whoa, Star Trek. I mean, that's that's a that's a smooth segue. I feel like because that's um, you know, we're we're moving we're moving towards the future now, right? Technologies yeah, yeah, yeah. like we've got we've got robots and prosthetics. We have and tiny computers have that are tiny also phones that are also communicators that are also <laughs> tricorders, yeah. basically that yeah. are also. So we're moving towards a future, and we're moving towards either the Star Trek future, also known as the Happy Jumpsuit future, <laughs> um, or Mad Max, right. also known <laughs> as Grim Meat Hook future. Yeah, and, the Grim Meat Hook reality. Um, yeah, and if we keep electing conservatives that want like poor people to fight for water or whatever, uh, <laughs> yeah. then Detroit, yeah. yeah, yeah, like we're moving towards like the RoboCop Mad Max universe, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and meanwhile, we have Star Trek on the other side being like, no, we can have a beautiful, shiny future, right? Of Everybody can be taken care of, racial and equality, and right, 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 right. And no if we money. stop fighting over over feeding people and educating mm-hmm. people then we can actually all kind of work toward a greater goal. Yeah, yeah. Where we don't have to work uh, for money, we can just work to better ourselves. Right, right. <laughs> every, every job that everybody does, that, you know, basically we have the technology, we've still talked about this before, we have mm-hmm. the technology now to make all food and shelter production automated, to right. automate that completely from beginning, to, from planting to delivery to your table, mm-hmm. that could be completely automated to where people are no longer part of that equation. Mm-hmm. And then everything else everyone does is spend all of their time educating themselves mm-hmm. to all working toward a collective goal of, of, of moving mankind forward. Right. We have the technology to do that now, but unfortunately mm-hmm. there's some greedy pig fuck fuckers who don't yeah. want to <laughs> we share what they... We just don't do it because money... And right. that's all it comes down to right. is because money. And right. it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, um, and especially, like, you know, you talk, you you know, you brought up food production and, and, you know, textiles and things like that. You know, when 
Um, as so, um, you know, I mentioned earlier that I'm a dominatrix as a sex worker. I get to interact with a lot of people who are like, oh, sex work is human trafficking always forever and <laughs> terrible and depressive to all people. Um, and, and there's, um, actually, you know, if you look at the statistics, there's a lot more human trafficking in, um, you know, uh, factory production and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. food, um, you know, fucking farm working and things yeah. like that. Like there's a lot more human trafficking happening over there. Right. Um, well, also. And- yeah, I've, like... I've read that you can find more of the, like, human trafficked sex slaves, you know, like, people who are sold into sex slavery as prostitutes um, at, like, sporting events or big conventions, things oh, like yeah? that. Yeah. Ooh. Like, that's where you find a lot of those girls who were, you know, kidnapped and sold to become prostitutes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, where was it? There was a bust recently... Um, at like I don't know if it was NASCAR or some sort of car racing, but they yeah they found a bunch of like you know teenage all the way down to nine year old girls who were sold as sex slaves and they were just there like with their captors you know being working a party out. working an event yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's terrifying <laughs> and then, this was in the United States yeah oh Jesus NASCAR. yeah I hadn't heard about that Marca Marca <laughs> definitely in Marca. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of them in uh, Anaheim too because mm. Disneyland's there. There's oh, conventions yeah. there, um, and I know the Anaheim PD is trying to rewrite uh, their laws and rules for how to deal with um, you know these girls and sometimes boys Re- who are human relocating, trafficked. Relocating them and rehabilitating right. them rather than just treating them as them criminals. Jail. Yeah, right, because right, it's right. it's such a big problem down there because right. it's such a tourist zone. Right, and meantime, if people want to choose to, you know exchange their sexual favors for money, why not? Right. Why not let them? I think it should be safe. It should be sure. protected. You know, you look at what they're doing in uh, Las Vegas. The Bunny you know? Ranch works. Period. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Like, if people <laughs> are going to do it, I'd rather they do it somewhere where they're safe, where they're protected. They're tested. Where, they're yeah. medic- they have medical insurance. They're, they're completely exactly. taken care of 100%. There's no... They don't allow drugs there. Mm-hmm. They don't allow these... They don't allow their, their, their employees to... to you know, abuse themselves right, in that fashion. Right. And they can and, go to the police if something is wrong yeah. or if, you know, a John is and acting... it's all legal. In, yeah. Yeah. One thing I will say about Portland, Oregon, um, all of the strippers there are predominantly unionized, um, which is stripper amazing. Stripper union? What? Right? It's <laughs> amazing. By yeah. the way, stripper union playing the side stage at Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> they can open for sentient sex bots. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like you, you kind of see it not just uh, in their acts, but in you know the people themselves. I mean, obviously, like our culture likes to dehumanize a lot of sex workers to the point where, like in the media, if one is hurt or killed, they say a prostitute, not a person. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, a lot of the strippers in Portland are unionized, and they are a major voting block right. up there. Um, it's pretty much them and like bicyclists that local politicians try to cater to. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah. 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 Some of the hottest strippers I've ever seen, too. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, at Devil's Point, there was uh, a girl who did an entire routine to I Want to Be a Hulkamaniac in the Hulk (laughs) costume. And she took everything off except for the Hulk mustache. Nice. Uh, This this one's got all the teeth. (laughs) 
<laughs> there was there was also another girl. I believe her name is uh, Lily Liquorbottom. Um, she oh, did. Right. <laughs> She's so hot too. Liquorbottom. I hardly know her bottom. <laughs> <laughs> she did a routine to Jesus Christ Superstar with a Jesus puppet, and for the finale, she had the Jesus puppet eating her pussy. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. <laughs> wow. It was And amazing. then he was a true superstar. Holy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Oh, Portland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. We need stripper unions down We do. That's really great. Or just a general sex worker. No, I wouldn't mind a uh, network admin union myself, but mm-hmm. anyway. Unionize all the things. Yeah, That's how we're going to save the middle class. It's, yeah. You know, Unionized. what worked in the past. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, middle class, I heard. <laughs> I remember when we used to have one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's never again. But yeah, no, you, so Star Trek. Yeah. Um, I mean, how do we, so how do we do it? How do we march towards towards Star Trek future? What well, we it do? sounds like NASA's already working and they're waiting for peer review on working for the warp drives. And then mm-hmm. somebody said, we made a warp drive and now they're just waiting for other people to go oh yeah there's a yep, warp drive you made a warp drive <laughs> <laughs> give it the official stamp yeah warp drive yeah. I didn't know there was a warp drive what so what is it how does it what I don't know we don't know we there don't was know just yet. an announcement Nothing. like we made a thing we think it's a thing we're yeah. hoping it's a thing yeah. someone tell us this is a thing yeah hit it with the science stick <laughs> until we know what it is probably going to do a tachyon particles and <laughs> maybe some technology the, around the uh, the particle accelerator or I don't know who knows but. just so long as Hadron it doesn't take dilithium crystals <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where all the shit starts yeah. right mm-hmm. dilithium <laughs> crystals are going to replace money in the future war wasn't there a thing with <laughs> trilithium crystals at some point or maybe that was Red Dwarf I don't know this is, this is getting too Star Trek I, I know like a few things, yeah. like bits and pieces. Yeah. But as everyone knows, yeah. I'm on the Star Wars side of the phaser, argument. tricorder, red. Oh, shirt, you're a fan dead, of the space you know, magic. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. right. I I like some you know space magic with my advanced technology. Um, and as I've said before, I'd rather live in a world where that advanced technology is mundane, and you complain about having to get in your you know flying speeder bike to go to the Tashi station and get some power converters because magic is real. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Star Wars. Star Wars has an interesting thing with that. With the with the duality of the mm. the, the the you know the good Jedi versus the Sith. You know, yeah. good versus evil. Sort of white hats versus black hats. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I, you know, Star Trek. I feel like sort of tries to you know tries uh, doesn't always succeed, but sort of tries to move beyond that. Where it's uh, yeah. you know the future where everybody works together to defeat. Well, pretty Space much. Space Nazis? I don't know. Like, <laughs> pretty much. It's usually the battle of between free society and oppressive society. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. usually what it is. I mean, the Borg and, uh, you know, originally the Klingons were represented. I mean, it was all during the Cold War. So the, the Borg, the, the uh, Klingons were the Russians and the Romulans were... I thought the Borg was the space communists. Well, there's that <laughs> too. Later, later, later. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because the, the Cold War was over at that point. So that was in the 90s. They... Uh, the Borg was was the new the new threat the new basically the whole thing of of making everyone the same. It was yeah, like space it was, yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, you know, and in, in, whereas yeah, so there's that conflict between like free happy communist society versus evil fascist society. Yeah, yeah, or pretty whatever. much. <laughs> um, whereas in Star Wars, it seems to be much more of like a personal thing of like you know. 
asceticism versus indulgence? Sort kind of. Like, like, the Sith is sort of like the left-hand path, and they get into this more in the extended universe. Like, the Sith, um, at least the ancient Sith, are still seekers. Like, um, the whole Sith Thing was started by a heretical Jedi who was like, no, this whole like, we can't embrace passion, we can't love, we can't do this, we can't do that. We're denying our true nature. So the Sith rather than deny like any of that, they just go full force into it and it's about like... <laughs> full force. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's about perfecting those things, like perfecting your passion, perfecting your true will and, you know, attaining like oneness with the force in that way. Yeah, no, it sounds very left-hand path, very satanic, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, very, you yeah. are your own, you know, you yeah. are you are the master of your own universe, yes. which, you know, mm-hmm. we dig. But then but then, how do you enjoy Star Wars if the good guys are the ones that, like, I mean, aren't you a left-hand person? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that the, the, the Flemic way of perfecting your mm-hmm. will? The, yeah, is that, it's is a that lot Anton of... Is that Anton LaVey or is that um, uh, Crowley? Uh, it's Crowley, it's LaVey, it's a lot of Western ceremonial magic and a lot of Western occult thinking. Mm-hmm. Um but I enjoy Star Wars because I really love a lot of the stuff in the extended universe. So, yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. And as I mentioned before, the extended universe also brings in a lot more characters of color, a lot more female characters, and, you know, it fleshes out the world. So, And we definitely yeah. saw more of that in the... the the prequel trilogy, so, you know, mm-hmm. the more there isn't just one woman yeah. in the universe. There's and, several people of color in the yeah. universe. Yeah, and so. episode seven as well, like, we finally get Captain Phasma, like, female stormtrooper captain. Oh, yes. Amazing! Yes. <laughs> Gwendolyn Christie. Hell Rare. yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, all the white nerds on Facebook are losing their shit over the black stormtrooper and the new oh, Star Wars. It's like the dumbest thing. Like, oh my god. Because even in the original trilogy, like, all of the clones, you know, had kind of been, like, phased out or out of service, and they were recruiting people to be stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. it makes sense, like, within, you know, canon to have, like, a black stormtrooper because all he had to do was fucking sign up. Because the, <laughs> the Clone Wars ended at some yeah. point. Because even in, even, in, uh, even in New Hope, even in Star Wars, mm-hmm. Ben Kenobi talks about the Clone Wars mm-hmm. and the, the fact that they're no longer a thing. Right. So... And I mean... Before the dark time. Yeah. And like the 20 clones... years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The clones aged out. They were just the starters. Like at some point you have to replace them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Clones don't live forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even in um, Star Wars Rebels, which by the way, if you're not watching it, you totally should. Season two hasn't come out yet, so you have time to catch up. Um, there's a couple episodes where they go to like the Stormtrooper Academy where they train like teenage boys to become stormtroopers. And again, it's like all you have to do is sign up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Show up, do the <laughs> thing. Stormtrooper yeah. kind of in the stagnation right now since they're kind of unsure what they're doing with the third movie or whatever. I mean <laughs> I mean have you been have you been looking or following I along mean, in any of that? Um I feel like Star Trek personally will live on forever. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Too, but I mean, just um, currently, right now. Um, I, I, I really have no idea. Um, I was, I was, I, 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 I do, I, I did read an interesting thing the other day that was talking about um, uh, Mad Max actually, and mm-hmm. how um, what made that story so successful, and they brought up uh, the new Star Trek movies um, in contrast to that. Of course, I read this on Cracked where. <laughs> <laughs> All of the easy to digest knowledge comes from my right? alma mater too. I did yeah. some work for them back well, in the day. I like day. cracked because cracked yeah. kind of has that South Park philosophy of of 
take a nugget of truth and mm-hmm. wrap it in a nice gooey blanket yeah. of comedy. So, well, when I was yeah. working there, they said that like the voice that they're trying to go for is like, "Come on, guys, we're all smarter than this. Mm-hmm. Come on, just mm-hmm. come on." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And they don't talk and down South to you. South Park which is does really that nice. too. Yes. Really, really. Yes. So. Um, but anyway, yeah. And the point that they were trying to make in this um, in this article was that. Uh, one of the you know the uh, one of the things that made Mad, Ma- Mad Max so successful as a film is that um, the story wasn't about Max mm-hmm. because we saw Max's story. It was called Mad Max, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the next fucking two mm-hmm. movies, and then this one, you know, we, yeah. we focus on someone else and someone else's story. And um, and Star Trek the show did this very successfully, mm-hmm. right? Because it had that monster of the week mm-hmm. format. Um, whereas Star Trek the movie, I mean, the first one did it. You know, was was there was a lot of like. Um, you know, character building and exposition, and like bringing everyone together and mm-hmm. and making that work. And then the second one sort of brought it back to the beginning, where we yeah. had to redo the thing again. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's very ultimate universe, though. And I think I think I mean, obviously Abrams is really into that uh, the kind of alternate universe time, alternate timeline thing. Um, and and because. You know, I mean, how can you really have the Star Trek universe go forward with Vulcan being gone? And to me, it seemed like a logical progression that the third movie was going to, like, fix the timeline. Because it's always about fixing the timeline. And and so, I, but I I mean, I don't know. So I just don't know. I haven't really heard or or really had anything thrown at me in my direction for me to kind of absorb about what the third Star Trek movie is going to be like. All I know is Abrams isn't on board anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'd be surprised if they fixed the timeline because I feel like the whole point was to, you know, to to have this diversion timeline where we can do different things Mm, with with these same characters and, you know, watch them grow in a completely different... Sure. Yeah. Um thing but you know but 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 the but the bringing bringing the character development back to square one is 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 a thing that i've noticed a lot in um in 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 sequel things like it it happened in in season two of Korra as well like Mm -hmm. season one of Korra was like let's watch all these characters grow up and then season two of Korra was like fuck all that growth we're back at square one and Korra's an annoying little brat again yeah (laughs) okay so I have such a soft spot in my heart for Legend of Korra because like Korra just reminded me of myself in high school (laughs) you know they're like fuck you I do what I want you don't tell me what to do you know like when you're just Still trying to, like, yeah, (laughs) you're still trying to, like, establish your independence and figure things out. And, you know, she's the tough girl. Like, she has to prove herself. And that was totally me in high school. And so, for me, I was a little more forgiving of season two because it's like, well, I definitely didn't learn that lesson the first time around. It took me a couple tries to, like, go from, you know, brash, impulsive, like, I'm going to start a fight because fuck you, I'm the toughest, to, like, you know, prudent warrior, you know, who only fights when they have to because they've gained that wisdom. So, you know, I'm I'm a little more forgiving of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, personal sort of eye rolling aside, I do think it's very important that we have characters like Cora because uh um something uh uh Zach Weiner of Saturday Morning Breakfast mm-hmm. Serial, he talks about this. Uh, you know, we allow we allow male characters to be obnoxious in a yes. way that we don't allow female characters. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. Cora, as obnoxious as she sometimes can be, like, 
provides a space for women to be obnoxious, and right, that's nice. Right. Like, yeah. I think you see that I a think lot. Rocky Horror does a good job of that too. Not the film, but the but going to Rocky that provide well that uh, provides a space for teenagers for to everyone be to be obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But women as well as men. We but. are definitely harsher on female characters, and you see that a lot um, with like hipster stuff. Like, I'm not a fan of Lena Dunham or anything, mm-hmm. but the way that society shits on her and her characters and girls and then they don't do that to male characters like it's such a stark contrast yeah like there's never gonna be a girls movie but there's a fucking entourage right movie. right which oh. is pretty much just douchebags the it's movie it's douche porn yeah douche porn that's all it is it's it's movie so bros can go yeah I'm right mm-hmm. that's all it is okay yeah. but there is a moment where one of them gets punched by a lady in it <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> which I'm like all right, that might be worth it. Like, if you give me just an entire movie of Ronda Rousey beating up the entire cast, I'd go see that. Yeah, yeah, I would totally yeah. go see that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so funny. Speaking right. Um, speaking of LA and the weirdness that it is, uh, you know, I, driving past those entourage movies it, or movie posters, um, it, it really makes me makes me think about how we how we think of ourselves as. Um, you know, everybody thinks of themselves as, as the as the protagonist of their own story, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's how we live our life. Uh, but in uh, but here 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 in LA, you know, there's where where your options are like, you know, I mean, if you if you if you manage to like score an office job with a pension, like good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone else is hustling and trying to make it, like literally yeah. everyone. Um, yeah, which is why we like you know, I'll get bladder infections because we're, like, working too hard to go take a piss. Like, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> like you know, and we're just driving ourselves into the ground. Well, um, you know, severe bladder damage builds character. <laughs> <laughs> right. Put hair on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, see, see, seeing those billboards, uh, you know, those um, see, seeing those posters for Entourage, and then and then also seeing the uh, seeing the trailer for it, it's really interesting to see um, how the different characters interact with each other because of all of the different things that they have on the line. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys noticed, but um, did you see the preview for it? Unfortunately, before Mad Max. Yeah, I yeah, saw the trailer for it. I just um, sat there and hated every second of it. I tried to repress it personally. Yeah. Well, so something that I found kind of interesting was that in, in that trailer, um, uh, when everybody's freaking out about whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. um, the, the movie star guy, the pretty one, He's like, oh, whatever, it's going to be cool, it's all going to be alright, like, relax, don't worry about it. And it it sort of made me think about how, um, you, I mean, every, everybody reacts to the world through the data that they've had before, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, if you're freaking out about something that doesn't seem right, like, okay, so you've got reason to freak out. But if you're sitting there and going, oh, it's all cool, it's going to be alright, like, what does that say about you? Like, that says that you probably haven't had that much hardship, and, like, yeah. things have probably usually well, worked out for you. He's the movie like, star. He's the one with the, the money. he's the pretty one. He's the pretty one. He's the one with the money. He's the one that is the reason why all of these guys get to hang out and do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's the pretty one, so Except he gets away Asian with guy. murder. Right, and yeah. like, right, right, right. Like, as, and, you know, I, I'm gonna blow smoke out of my own ass for a minute, um, as also a pretty person, I get away with murder. Right. And yeah. also as a lady, like, mm-hmm. mm. I've cracked my way out of tickets. 
I've definitely cried my way out of tickets. Um, and even the one time I almost wasn't able to cry my way out of a ticket, I just said, and I'm on my period. <laughs> literally. Literally. And, like, the the cop, you know, was like, man, are you, are you really on your period? I'm like, do you want to see the tampon? He's like, nope, nope, just go. go. <laughs> you know. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, to be fair, when you're giving birth to your own uterus, I do feel like the world should catch right? you. <laughs> like, Give you a little bit of slap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> shed uterine lining, shed uterine lining. <laughs> <laughs> Get it out, Norton. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I've never cried my way out of a ticket, and I've never gotten out of a ticket by telling him I had my period. I... <laughs> Um, try, try, try that your wife is giving birth. Well, yeah. <laughs> then they want to follow you to the hospital and get proof. Mm. I had a friend say the other day online that he uh, white privileged his way out of a ticket. Mm. I don't know how he managed that, but I've Orange County privileged my way out of a ticket. <laughs> oh, There's yeah? one time I got pulled over, and it was like late at night, and I had you know like all my goth stuff on and everything and like the cops like looking at me and he's just like can I see your license and registration and I was like oh my god I've never been pulled over before like give me just a sec okay like I'm sorry can I call my dad this has never happened before like I just I need to call my dad I need to call my dad like right now you know and I still had um, my Orange County address on my driver's license so you know he totally thought that like I was up here for some costume thing and I just kept it like oh my god Super OC, like the whole time, and got out. <laughs> wow, nice. Wow. Thinking on your feet. I try. Hey, if you got it, I try. <laughs> oh, but yeah, Entourage uh, and you, Spotlight. It's douchebags the movie. It's Douche just douchebags yeah, the movie. It is douchebags the movie. But I feel like it also <laughs> sort of gives us something to aspire to. Because if you're like, because you know, I sort of, I sort of look at that poster and I go, all right, well, if these guys are living their dream, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like the rest of us have a shot. Like yeah. we've got I feel like we've got more brain cells between us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> well, I think the only one with the brain cells in the on the in their that group is the, the agent guy, the the Jeremy Piven character. He's the only mm. one that actually has the ability to look down the road and around the corner. Well, I feel like any but he's agent also the in that scenario is sort of like their handler. Like, you know, yeah. he's the one keeping the kids in line. He's the den he's mom. he's the studio head or something. But Ugh, whatever. Maybe we're talking about this way too much. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about something that doesn't want to make me throw up in my mouth? <laughs> Back to Mad Max it is. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Oh, so what do you, uh, do you have anything you're working on right now? Any? Any big projects or any any shows coming up? Or? I'm always doing all the projects. Well, um, <laughs> this upcoming Saturday on ju- June sixth. Um, on June 6th uh, is uh, our anime night Nice um, mm-hmm. at Pangea. It's called Dojinshi Dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, Dojinshi, of course, is 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 hand drawn amateur uh, fanfic. Basically, yeah. <laughs> fan comics, um, and we're doing, and we're putting on a fan show. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's our it's our anime theme night, and we've got a variety of performers coming in. We've got uh, uh, some vendors that are um, like uh, Leyland Toys, which makes uh, organ, uh, which makes a uh, handmade uh, vegan toys Ooh. that are super durable and this super is pretty. relevant to my interests right? <laughs> yeah and they're and they're great too they're like super affordable and nice. and pretty durable and then we're also having smart pencil designs come in and they make uh lots of nerdy post-apoc and and 
other nerdy shit. Like they've got, they've got armor. Uh, okay, my, you pique my curiosity. Um, forgive my ignorance in this area. <laughs> Star Trek teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, how can a sex toy not be vegan? Leather. Uh, well, <laughs> but most of them are plastic or rubber. I mean, uh, right, so you're thinking of, like, sex toys, we're talking about, like, kink toys, so, like, crops and floggers uh, and, and smacky yeah. things, okay, okay, which okay, are okay, leather. Okay, 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 yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, so most smacky things are leather. Um, Leyland Toys makes theirs out of lan- lanyards. Okay. Like, the plastic ones. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they're really pretty. They've got some glow-in-the-dark ones. Some of them have metal. I okay. still need to get right. um, the floggers that have lightsabers as the handles. Oh, the like, I need handles. those. I, I like need how, those the, in my how life. The, the kink toys are labeled as a uh, 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 Vegan rather than cruelty free. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, but, you, you but add your own cruelty. cruelty. By, that's cruelty by consent. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, add your own cruelty, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah no, uh, uh, toys, God, brain short circuited. Mm. Toys. Lightsaber. Lightsaber floggers, yeah. yes. Um, uh, those are, um, I know that the Kinky Geek makes them, and mm-hmm. and uh, I love his stuff, but I also love his name, because the Kinky Geek, like, he's the only one, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, the Kinky Geek, have you ever been to a dungeon? That's literally Seriously. all of them. Or a goth club. <laughs> um, excuse me, I'm not a Kinky Geek, I'm the Kinky Geek, thank you. <laughs> there was a moment at Mal this Friday, and this is how I know if somebody actually hangs out in the goth scene or not, is whether or not they know that everybody there was the biggest nerd at their high school, but there's a moment where... <laughs> Uh, Mock, Justin, and I were talking, and I realized all three of us were wearing black nerdy shirts. Like, Mock was wearing um, a StarCraft shirt. I think Justin was wearing his Thundercats shirt. And I was wearing um, a Daredevil shirt. And it's just like, yeah, this is the uniform, because yeah. everyone here is a gigantic nerd. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, and Margaret Cho also, like, has, mm-hmm. like, well, like, what's the, what's the, what's, what, what's, what is it with the overlap between, like, Renaissance Fair, Star Trek, and King? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Totally. The one circle. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that's, I guess that's what happens when you're ostracized for having, you know, weird, weird hobbies. You, you meet yeah. all the other people with weird hobbies, and mm-hmm. then you just be weird together. Yes. Yeah. So the internet makes it easy for us to kind of gather now to mm-hmm. congregate and, yeah. and it's uh, I think that's that's one of the better things about the internet is, is being able to find your, your tribe find mm-hmm. your people yeah. absolutely and if we and if we do end up at shiny jumpsuit Star Trek future as opposed to Mad Max future where we're fighting wars over water which are definitely coming if we don't oh, yeah, yeah that's gonna happen um, why are we not desalinating water um <sighs> But if we, you know, if we avoid the apocalypse, it's going to be because of the internet. Because, yeah. like, mm-hmm. I mean, have you seen the kids these days that are yeah. walking around? Oh, yeah. There's, like, these, there's, like, 15-year-old affirmative consent feminists oh, walking yeah. around. Like, when I was 15, I was not like other girls. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, exactly. Like I these... totally took that as a compliment. Like, you're one of the guys. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And I'm, like, not realizing how internalized misogyny terrible that is. <laughs> yeah, like... I'm, I'm old, and I have a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old. Oh, and, my goodness. And they have friends who are gay and uh, transgender and uh, asexual and poly all mariner of things and and it's all just part of the deal and everybody's wearing it like a badge now it's yeah. it's the the youth of today is very different they're very progressive they're very and obviously they deal with trolls too and they deal with mm-hmm. you know with conservative assholes in their in their peer groups as well but but in their age groups but but for the most part, everybody's like, yeah, whatever you got going on at school. I mean, my son 
is a, an incredible ally. He's he's a he's a, a you know cis white male, and he goes to GSA you know gay straight alliance meetings, and we'll mm-hmm. go with friends, and we'll go with friends, and so he has a friend who's trans whose parents don't support her, and so he's a very good friend to her. And, hey, and, 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 yeah, right? doesn't this just like yeah. give you hope for the future? And my heart grew three sizes that day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's really nice to see, and I and I. Who the hell is out at, as trans at fifteen? Oh my god! It's right. happening! Amazing. It's happening! Jesus! It's happening! Who's out at? Who even knows what asexual is at? Right? Yeah. At fourteen. It's oh, it's his. Fun. My son's god friend, bless Tumblr. My son's <laughs> friend came out to him first. Per, first person he came out to was my son as as asexual, and and he has chosen an asexual uh, name and. An asexual name. What yeah. does that even mean? Yeah, like genderless non-gender. Name. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, a gender name. Yeah, yeah, genderless name. Yeah. 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 I just like every time you talk about um, your son or like Kids Day and everything, I just keep thinking of this Aziz Ansari joke. It was like, "What gay marriage? Don't have time to care. I just downloaded every movie ever made." <laughs> yeah. 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 I uh, all the other podcasts I hear, uh, they, 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 the comedians, they go around the country and they talk, and they're just like. The youth of today, the teenagers today, don't give a fuck about conservative. Yeah. They don't give a crap about religion. They mm-hmm. don't give a crap about sexuality. As far as oppressing anyone, they don't have. They don't give a crap about anybody about oppressing anybody. Yeah. They don't have time for that. They're too busy fiddling with their phones and, yeah. and, and uh, uh, Instagram. You know, putting shit up on Instagram or, or uh, Snapchatting each other. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no there's no time for just. All that shit, like yeah. oppressing people. Yeah, it, why would you worry about oppressing someone else when you have all this awesome technology to play with? <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's you know, and it's and and it's tempting to dismiss all of that technology as just like kittens playing with strings or whatever. But like, it really is self improvement. Like mm-hmm. my my big feminist awakening happened through reading blogs, like yeah. and you know, self reflection or whatever. Self-work. Yeah, mine like, happened that's not through a combination of books and blogging. You know, yeah, yeah, and like, and 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 the connectivity that that the internet allows for, like in terms of like interpersonal connections, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like, like it's, you know, it's it, it's it. There's there's a lot of hand wringing about you know how technology is ruining the world, like, <laughs> but there always is, and that's what people forget. It's like, just when, a different form of connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like when when you know writing became a big thing, like or when writing. Ri- yeah. <laughs> yeah, like there were all this hand wringing. Like people are never going to remember anything ever again because they can just write it down and like, <laughs> <laughs> like and and it's the same fucking thing now where people are like people don't remember phone numbers anymore because it's useless fucking knowledge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I wonder like when you know we're about the same age. I wonder if when you and I are old, the big issue of the day is going to be like human and like android marriage or human robot marriage. <laughs> be like back in my day, that was so. Science fiction. <laughs> we didn't know if data was anatomically correct or not. <laughs> well, we do. In know. my day, stormtroopers were white. <laughs> <laughs> he, you're right. Voltaire has solved everything for us. He is fully functional and anatomically correct. correct. My, uh, my, uh, my feminist awakening came about through uh, crying and masturbating. So. Mm. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a good place to start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Self growth is hard, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, oh, yeah, you know, like I mean, w- w- when my feminist awakening happened, like one of the one of the things that I realized was uh, 
I, I remember this conversation I was happening uh, that I had had with a woman of color in one of my, you know, in high school where I was incredibly dismissive of her experience with racism mm. um, because it, you know, it didn't match my worldview of like yeah. America post-racial wow. <laughs> uh, equal like, opportunities uh... for all. And, um, and, you know, sort of admitting that and, 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 you know, like writing and apologizing and, and so on and so forth and like, like admitting that to yourself and then admitting that to the world, um, is a tough process. And I feel like, uh, I feel like it's important to acknowledge uh, that it, that, that it is challenging because I see people struggling with it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see like, especially, especially people who are, who are trying to hold on to their conservatism, mm-hmm. like despite, despite everything being against them. Besides, <laughs> despite... besides actual evidence to the yeah. contrary, you know, of, 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 no, you're just wrong and you're on the wrong yeah. side of history. You're just going to have to give up and, and, and accept this at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so that, that makes it, I mean, that makes it doubly impressive when, when like kids manage to see past the prejudices yeah. of their times. And, and, and their parents' bullshit just kind of sails over their heads Mm -hmm. it's nice yeah but i also feel like like uh, there's a part of me that sort of just wants to like you know take mras by the hand and be like it's gonna be okay (laughs) it's gonna be okay baby it's like it's it's okay you're a dude and you're white so you're still gonna be okay (laughs) (laughs) you're not gonna lose anything it's just that now these folks over here will also have something Mm -hmm. i mean in their defense feminists did ruin mad max Oh no! <laughs> By making it the best movie ever, right? Exactly. Like, <laughs> I'm serious when I say I can't not call it perfect movie. Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. perfect. Well, like, yeah. I mean, like, and yeah. It's just, it's such a great leap forward. It's a great, large, mm-hmm. large step forward into yeah better, you know, more e- equality in cinema. And for all the like MRAs whining on the internet, I've also seen a lot of my straight white cis male friends who are like, "I love Mad Max more. Yes, please, right now. Like, yeah. this is the yeah. movie I want, yeah. Hollywood." Yeah. So it's yeah. nice yeah. to see people, you know, whose voices are automatically always heard screaming about how amazing it is yeah. and how they want more yeah. of it. Yeah. And the people that are bitching the loudest about it haven't seen it. Right. <laughs> Refuse to see it. It's like the people in 1979, the all the Christians, you know, protesting Life of Brian. It's like, they didn't even see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, one of the, um... So this is this sort of has nothing to do with anything, but it's been on my brain. Um, with uh, with Mad Max, one of the really cool elements of the world building that I really enjoyed was the use of spears. Yeah, yeah, yeah all the, the all the spear, spear swinging and, and the I mean, cats. Yeah, okay, the the. The, the but you mean the spears defined, with the bombs on? Yeah, them. just yeah, the, just yeah, the yeah. spear throwing because I mean it's uh, you know uh, uh, just that 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 scene at the very beginning where they're they're running yeah, Max yeah, down yeah, yeah. and they they mm-hmm. spear his car like that was. So fucking cool, yeah, and so fucking awesome, and and from like, um, you know, just from a historical perspective of like what were you know some of the first what like you know we went from like stones to like pointy stones to like pointy stones attached to sticks, also known as spears yeah. or projectile <laughs> points, <laughs> yeah, um, and and it's like it's it's great to see. Um, you know, we were talking about the world building, like mm-hmm. it's great to see that world building where they were like, well. 
technology's fucked and bullets are expensive, so yeah. pointy things on sticks. Let's well, do this. That's <laughs> kind of what got me about the way the war boys fight. It's like bullets are, you know, definitely a scarce resource. So why are you just like shooting them everywhere, like all up into the air? And, well, you know. well, that's the thing about the Citadel versus, uh, you know, versus the Vuvulini because the Vuvulini mm-hmm. are very much aware of the scarcity yes, of exactly. resources. One man, one bullet. Yeah. <laughs> whereas in the Citadel, like when when Morton Joe turns on the water. Like, you can see that water coming down and splashing on the rocks. Yep. <laughs> like, being wasted. <laughs> all the people with their, like, water things their trying to fill it. And it's all pans, misting yeah. away mm-hmm. and splashing on the rocks. And so there's definitely, you know, it's it's that contrast between the culture of, of scarcity and the culture of plenty. We're like, yeah, right. waste the fucking bullets, because who the hell cares? We yeah. got seven million. Yeah, well, you know, speaking of, like, the actual water scarcity and water wars that are coming, you know, California, we're in a drought and everything and like you know we have these like tiny little measures like oh don't water your lawn and you know don't like, flush your toilet yeah, yeah water fountains a... and golf courses and cemeteries exactly. are a thing and not parks to mention Nestle and... bottling water and all the water that goes into uh, agribusiness yeah. you know? yeah, I'm not eating almonds right now if I can help it yeah so, like um, if you if yeah. you want to make a dent in the water you have to go after Nestle and you have to go after agribusiness because they're the ones using something like 90% of our water right now but to tie this back into Mad Max and nerdery I think that if they tried to shut off the water in places like East L.A or Compton, or any of those areas where it's, like, a majority people of color and it's majority gangs, like, shit is going to hit the fan and it will be Mad Max, like, the next day. Like, I don't (laughs) think any of the Cholos in East L.A. are going to take that line down. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And 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 I mean the scary thing is is that that is like if that that that's not an unreason that's not an unreasonable thing to expect because no, like we don't we not. don't give a shit about poor brown people. So yeah. like yeah. they are going to be the first people on the chopping block yeah, when it comes to Yeah. Exactly. Like they're not going to turn off the water for people in Beverly Hills. They're going to turn it off in East LA, in Compton, in South Central. But because LA is, you know, so tightly packed, Guess where all of those people with their turned off water are going, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Storm Beverly Straight Hills. to the mansions, yeah. Well, there's been a few people here and there uh, emptying their swimming pools, and that's kind of nice to see. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to use this while we have a water shortage. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's a pity yeah. you can't, like, dechlorinate that water, though. You know, mm-hmm. it would be... There'd have to be some kind of reverse osmosis process or something to, to get all the chemicals out of that water and reuse it. But yeah. I mean, wouldn't you be? Shouldn't you be able to just like evaporate it and re? You could, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But the the chlorine is still going to evaporate with the water. Oh, yeah? It still stays inside the water vapor. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Chlor- chlorine. I don't know the whole chemical process. I'm not a chemist. Maybe, sorry. Maybe if somebody spoke the language of the water vapors, this wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Where's our water bender? For fuck's sake. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, we're uh, we're like an hour fifteen, and uh, uh, this has been uh, uh, fucking amazing. So uh, <laughs> please, uh, please, Anastasia, plug your shit. Tell us where mm-hmm. to find you. Tell people where to find you, and find your wonderful uh, doings and creativities and things. Um, I would love to. So um, we are at clubpangea.com, as well as on Facebook and Tumblr and Twitter as Club Pangea, and that is spelled uh, Club, C-L-U-B, Pangea, P-A-N-G-A-E-A. Yeah, cool. A-E-A. Um, so Club Pangea, um, check us out. 
and come come on Saturday to Sanctuary Studios LAX, conveniently located next to LAX Airport. It's the largest dungeon west of the Mississippi with 7,000 square feet of space and nine fully furnished rooms, and we have a bar and a parking lot and a smoking area. Awesome. Um, so come on out on June 6th and come to the anime night. Cool. Have a party. Awesome. Yeah, it'll be cool. All right, and I'm Kitty Brown, and you can find me at kittybrowndesigns.com. I'm also on Twitter as Kitty Brown and on Facebook as Kitty Brown. And I just recently started a nerdy feminist review um, Tumblr blog where I write about um, all the things that I love, which at the moment is mostly Mad Max. But uh, <laughs> you, can, you can find my uh, fangirling writings about Mad Max at Lipstick and Ray Guns. Lipstick, like the makeup. Ray Guns, like the nerdy shit we all have. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, speaking of Mad Max, one last thing. One okay. last thing. Can we just... She punches him in the face with her nubbins. Right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty awesome. Amazing. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> All right, done. So I'm at St. Michael on Twitter. That's S-A-Y-N-T-M-Y-K-L. You can find us online as something2xp. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook and Google+. Check out our blog. Listen to past episodes on WordPress. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. And remember... Please be kind. The Something Something Experience podcast was conceived and produced by Michael John Simpson. This week's co-host was Kitty Brown. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Ciceri. You can find us everywhere online as Something2XP. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes, WordPress, and YouTube. Please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook and Google+. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind.